This is an Equity Mates Media podcast. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Talk money to me. Hello and welcome to Talk Money to Me. I'm Candace Burke. And I'm Felicity Thomas. And this is your Need to Know Wealth podcast where we make the complex simple. So we are back once again with our order pad episode. And as you can probably tell, this is one of our favorite episodes here at Talk Money to Me because we're talking about all things making money, the markets, stocks, some investable ideas. And of course, exciting companies, which is what the Autopad episode's all about. We talk about two different companies that Felicity and I have identified in the markets currently and talk about why we like them. Yeah, so we left you guys hanging last time with our international stock picks for 2022. And if you haven't already listened to that episode, go back and catch up as we went through 22 stocks for 2022. It's still actually really weird saying we're in 2022. I know. It it kind of is a bit scary seeing as we've lost the last two years. And where's the last month gone? Like we're recording this on the 1st of Feb and it's already now two months into the new year. It's crazy. I know. My life is flashing before my eyes. Um, Now, on this week on our order pad, I'm actually going to be pitching on holdings and Candice is keen on Ulta Beauty. So as always, our chat is not personal advice, even though we're registered financial advisors at Shore & Partners. Please note this podcast and the content discussed does not constitute as financial advice, nor is it a financial product. Maybe one day it'll be, but right now it's not. (laughs) The content on the podcast is general in nature, and you should seek appropriate professional advice before making your investment decisions. That's right. In fact, all companies discussed on our show are offered in good faith based on the facts that are known at the time and do not contain all relevant information in respect of the financial products to which they relate. Okay, so just before we get into the nitty-gritty of the stock picks for today's episode, we wanted to give a bit of a rundown on the current market conditions and what's happening this week that we think is worth noting because there's a lot of news and market noise at the moment, but I just wanted to give everyone a bit of a rundown. So if you're a local and you're Australian and you're listening in, the Aussie dollar is having a small rally at the moment as we're seeing more cases unfortunately spread in Western Australia and they've really had a COVID zero policy. So now it's sort of, it's kicking up there and that's actually making a squeeze on the iron ore prices and other major resources. And as an export nation here in Australia, when our commodities rally, it generally supports the dollar. Today, as we're recording, the RBA are going to meet for their monthly meeting and it's expected that they're going to stop talking about QE spending. They've ceased that and instead focusing on rates. So previously they were they were kind of on the fence there and they thought they weren't going to move until at least 2024. That's kind of been revised and they've also stated that and the street now thinks Australia may have to move rates by Q3 or Q4 of this year, so latter half of this year. So definitely watch that closely. And then looking overseas, the market, as we've been seeing in all the headlines, you know, it's definitely fallen off from its highs. And that's because it's priced in that pretty much they think the US feds will move rates as early as maybe this month or March. And then, you know, subsequently, that's tied in with their headline figure. So the US has now experienced 7% inflation for the past 12 months ending in December 2021, which is actually the highest rise since 
1982. So really no surprise that the market has quote unquote corrected itself now. Correction is on paper 10% or more in a short period. Plus, you know, the tensions with what's going on in Russia and the Ukraine and a lot of COVID cases, which is causing a lot of supply chain issues on businesses globally. Like you go into the supermarkets and there's no stock, not because of, um, you know, we can't get the stock to the shelf. It's because we can't stack it, right? So supply chain issues there. And what is interesting to me at the moment, I think this is what all listeners and all investors should know, is to look at the behavioral finance of investing. So I posted on our Instagram and TikTok, which was a bit of a fail, but I tried. (laughs) No, it was good. (laughs) Candice was like, you need to do it in selfie mode. I'm like, I think I did, but obviously (laughs) I didn't um, because it was backwards. But this book is an absolute must. And I just kind of wanted to read out one little section of chapter six about information overload and actually distinguishing the signal from the noise, which I believe is really important at this stage. So, you know, the whole investment industry is obsessed with learning more and more about less and less until we know absolutely everything about nothing. So really, if we ever do, do we stop to consider how much information we actually need to make an investment decision? So that really stood out to me because I think a lot of investors get really caught up in the noise. They get caught up in macroeconomics that are, you know, they're not actually looking at is this business something that I want to hold for the long term? Because I think Candace mentioned it in another episode. You are buying a piece of a company. So don't think of it just like, you know, uh, easily interchangeable buying and selling stocks. You're actually buying a piece of company that you want to hold long term. So I think that was, you know, I guess my little highlight that I wanted everyone to hear about now um, and get this book because I think it's really, before you start investing and doing anything, I think this is something that you need to read because investors are really their own worst enemy. The book's name is The Little Book of Behavioral Investing, How Not to Be Your Own Worst Enemy by James Montier. Yeah, emotional, emotional finance, you know, behavioral finance, it gets everyone, even the best investors. A hundred percent. Like you were saying, Felicity, if you have a long-term investment strategy, right, let's say you're 20 years old, you're putting your first savings into the market. Theoretically, if you do not need that money for 10, 20 plus years, who cares what happens right now in the here and now on the, on the news? Because if you're picking solid businesses that are hitting their market, hitting their market expectations, hitting their growth targets, you can see them surviving for generations to come. Like what are the next generation of people going to be using? You know, what companies will they be using? They're the ones to own. Let's bring it back to Apple, right, which is the largest company in the world. Back in the day 20 years ago, it used to have really large panic swings of 30 40% right? And now look at it. It's like 5% moves. Yeah. That's it. So I think that you really need to just take a longer term view and actually buy something that you want to be an owner like of that company, essentially. All right. Enough of that. CB, kick us off. Why are you adding Ulta Beauty to our order pad? Okay. So Ulta Beauty. So when I first started researching this company, I instantly fell in love with their mission and what the business really stands for. So the business has 92% female representation, which I think is incredible. When you read all their statements, it's clear that they have a shared commonality and passion for changing the status quo when it comes to the definition of beauty and, you know, the particular models that they use, for example. So I think that's awesome to note. Yeah, that is cool. And what's the ticker? So the ticker is ULTA on the US market. 
and it's one of the leading US retailers in the beauty and specialty hair salon services space. So we all know from time to time, if you're one of our female listeners, you know, a girl's just got to get her hair done and you just got to feel amazing, right? Go in, splash, splurge, spend your COVID saving money on something that you feel good about. I reckon guys do as well, to be honest. My partner gets his hair cut more than I do. That's true. Well, <laughs> mostly they keep it short, right? But yeah, guys like it too, like pamper yourself, right? And that, and in particular, that's what COVID, I think one of the trends has come out from that. Plus on the business side, I really like that it's got low levels of debt, high revenue generating business, solid ROA of 17%, ROE, so that's return on equity of 45 not to mention its estimated EPS growth rate is 17.5%. So good, solid growth business is what that's saying to me. Awesome. And so how about their financials? How is the PL looking? So last quarter sales was actually $2 billion, which was ahead of the market expectation, the company guidance, so 29% higher on PCP. And that took into consideration the last quarters. If we think about it, we've been subject to restrictions no matter where you are in the world, wearing masks, particularly in beauty salons. Like they were really hit hard uh, because you're up close and personal with your stylist um, sharing the same airspace. And that's also been an annoying factor. So mm, don't want to maybe go in and get my eyebrows or hair done because I have to wear a mask. That's annoying. I'll do it at home and then I'll regret it because it's a dodgy job. Sounds like you've had that personal experience. Oh, I definitely have. (laughs) I definitely have. That was very specific. Yeah. Then you go in after the lockdown ends and the hairdresser or your salons, like your stylist is like, what have you done? I reckon there'd be so many funny stories about that. And then, you know, plus on the fact that we're going through now the supply chain issues. So it has been a really tough couple of quarters for all businesses, but in particular retail businesses. And the fact they were able to produce those solid numbers, so 2 billion, 29% up, I think that's a good signal. And, you know, consumers have developed this new self-care routine in the skin, hair and bath categories that's likely to prove very sticky, a trend to come out of COVID, right? So we anticipate that the reopening to the economy really and global retail sectors, it's really going to drive a recovery in the cosmetics category, I think. So LVMH, um, Louis Vuitton, that's another similar business that's been going gangbusters. And data indicates that only 41% of workers have actually returned to the office at the moment. So once we fully get back into the CBDs, which is typically where Ulta Beauty is located, I think we're going to have a recovery beauty trade. And we also think that there's a strong pipeline of innovation, you know, that's going to support more innovative customer-led engagement and products. Okay, so for the benefit of of our listeners, what metrics should we be looking at to see if the business is actually hitting its targets and growing? So for any retail business, you want to look at the SSS rate, and that actually stands for the same store sales. Say that quickly, I do. And you want that trend to kind of be going up over time. So coming back to their strong pipeline of innovation, which I kind of hinted to, we believe there's a drive of about 3.7% of the same store sales growth in FY22. So that's good. Ultimately, I think the business can produce these numbers, even with the backdrop that's going on, as consumers continue to value the opportunity to test and play with the new products. So along with the 50 new stores that they're hoping to open, We also kind of see a 6% growth sales in FY22. And I think the final point is the business is really going to benefit from the holiday season just finished, so the Christmas period, and I'm expecting to see solid Q4 results out soon. So EBITDA margins, I think the market will look at closely, is like predicted around 13.9%. 
Okay. So if you're keen on Alter, what is the word on the street for their 12-month outlook? So actually what's interesting at the moment um, as we record this is about 30% of companies in the US have reported. Unlike the Australian reporting season, it's like it's in condensed kind of two, three weeks. The US takes about two and a half months to really get all the companies out. So Alter is expected to report in early March. So it'll be interesting to see what the Q4 results are there. And of the 30% of the companies so far in the US that are reported, a lot of them are beating EPS guidance and market expectations. And I think it's sitting around 70% beats. I think looking at hindsight, because that's what reporting season always is, Q4 is going to be the last kind of solid earnings seasons we've had. And then the reality of inflation and 2022 is going to set in and we may have what we're seeing now, more volatility going forward. So on the back of that, you know, with the Christmas holiday season, the price target that we have, so this is UBS coverage, is 500 US per share. So that's about 37% upside. And consensus is sitting around 449, so it's about 23 and a half. But the most bull opinion is $520 per share, so 43% upside. So that's that's good numbers. I hope that plays out. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to actually throw you a question because we have similar, well, maybe not similar, but we do have a beauty company that listed on the ASX that hasn't done that well, Adore Beauty. So why should we be looking at Ulta when something similar like Adore has really gone backwards? Yeah, that's a very good question. I think in the US, the market's very different to Adore Beauty here in Australia. You've got, for example, the competition like Mecca, just going into old-fashioned David Jones, you've got Beauty Online, obviously, Sephora. Ulta's a little bit different because they have online sales, but mainly what their bread and butter is, is you go in and you have a specialized experience that's a beauty-tailored engagement to you. So whether it's hair, makeup, beauty, whatever it is, it's tailored to you. And it's only so far in the US. So it'd be interesting to see if it rolled out in the UK and other markets like here in Australia. So Here's a good example. When you are at work, for example, and you've got a presentation that your boss has thrown on you last minute and you're not really loving your hair and makeup that day, you can pop down in the US to an Ulta Beauty store and get a revamp done. So I think David Jones and Sephora do do that, but as far as I'm concerned as a female consumer, I've really always got to go looking for it. I can never get an appointment. It's always three months away. So Mm. it's very different. And I think the business fundamentals is so different to Adore and Alta. Adore perhaps may be listed too early, but I do still think that Adore is a good business and I think it's just been hammered in the markets really since listing. And what's interesting, if you look at Alta in January, it's only come off about 12%. So it's obviously not safe, but it's not as bad as some of the tech stocks we're seeing. Yeah, it's a lot more stable. All right, that was a good answer. Well, I'm glad. So we need to try out Ulta next time we go to the US, basically. And I think the fact that it's female-led as well, besides the the product and the the business fundamentals, I just think it's a really awesome business to have pretty much a female-led only company. And so I'm excited to hear about your stock idea, Felicity. But before we get into that, we're just going to take a quick break and listen to our sponsors. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Okay, FT, so let's start off with your company on holding. What's the ticker for that and what does the business do? Okay, so the ticker is on on. Easy to remember. On, on. Love it. <laughs> on, on. Uh, I need to get my sneakers on, on. Yeah, good joke. <laughs> a bit of a dad joke going on. Um, all right. So this company is in the consumer discretionary sector in footwear. It's specifically athletic wear, uh, which is developed and distributed. Uh, because let's be honest, we all wear active wear, especially now. Actually, I think my partner was actually saying you need to clear out your wardrobe because literally all you wear is active wear or some corporate stuff when you go into the office. And that's about it. So this company, the market cap is currently $9.38 billion. You know, the 52-week, it's had some big swings, right? So 52-week high is actually $55.87. And currently, it's not far away from its 52-week low being $26.38. Again, it's only a newly listed business, only listing on the New York Stock Exchange in September 2021. Now, if you haven't realized from previous episodes, I I really like to get in early with my investments, um, you know, in the first couple of years of listing. And obviously, generally, in those first few years, it is very volatile. So you need to be able to handle that kind of volatility when you're getting in fairly early. Definitely. And I think also from a consumer perspective, one trend which I think has resulted from the past two years living with COVID is this focus now more than ever on your health and well-being you know do you think that's the case for on on yeah i definitely agree with that um you know the only thing that kind of kept you sane during all of our lockdowns is the ability to go out go for a run go for a walk take your puppy for a walk you know global sportswear demand still remains very strong you know with a growth rate of seven percent and with the awareness of the on brand it's fairly low i mean have you heard of it no not until you brought it up. Yeah. And so, you know, with the right marketing approach, there is a lot of room for growth as consumers discover the brand. Now, we estimate that they can achieve around 2% market share over the long term. And I believe that they've already shown it can address this market because right now the market sees only on as a mainly a running shoe brand. It doesn't actually fully appreciate the brand's potential to address a larger market. Right now, the breakdown would be about 94% is shoes, net sales, apparel is only 5.3% and accessories is only 0.7%. Now, with the global sportswear market forecast to be US $479.63 billion by 2025, they have a huge addressable market. And we think that ONS growth will lead to EPS beats, which could keep the stock's valuation high and drive stock outperformance. Definitely like the sound of that. So what about the market beats? You know, we're always 
looking for that as an investor? You know, do you think they're going to hit their growth targets and what's the outlook kind of looking like? Yeah. So let's take it back a step and look at current and past earnings. So being, you know, devil's advocate for my own stock pick, there was talk on the street that revenue growth of 84.6% for the first half of 2021 was mainly due to suppressed earnings in 2020. Okay, um, because of COVID, obviously. However, if you actually go back to this brand's origin before it was listed, they claim that they actually had a CAGA of 85%. So it's got a really impressive track record and it's not, you know, a newly formed business, right? I mean, 2012 is basically 10 years ago. Crazy to think that. <laughs> right. Now, to answer your question, looking forward, we forecast on delivering a 51% five-year EPS CAGR and expect strong growth to continue from there. Revenue growth from $700 million to over $1.05 billion, especially after launching its sustainable brand, which I'll talk through briefly shortly. I think this type of growth would make on one of the fastest growing athletic wear brands and really worthy of a premium multiple in our view. Yeah, so definitely the sustainability factor has really pricked my ear because side random note, last night I must have been bored. I was watching this doco on the Royals and, and their fashion trends. And Megan, I didn't realize this when she came to Australia, she wore a eco-friendly pair of jeans. So definitely tell us more about how on on are in the sustainable area. Look, they're working with really innovative companies to commercialize Clean Cloud as a sustainability initiative. Now, Clean Cloud is a new foam product. Now, the foam is actually made using carbon emissions, signaling the company's exit from petroleum-based raw materials. Now, the companies that they're working with are Lanzatech and Borealis, which will use cutting-edge artificial intelligent tech to help soak carbon and avoid its emissions. I mean, I think that's absolutely nuts. Right, you were getting shoes made from carbon emissions. Um, and to get really technical, after the carbon monoxide is captured by Lanzatech, it'll be polymerized by Borealis into an EVA, which will be turned into foam by On On Holdings. So basically, a lot of that went over my head, but it's a sustainable shoe. Very sustainable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and like I, I didn't do well in science. Actually, either did I, to be honest. <laughs> I don't even think I did it in year 12. Now, bottom line, by exchanging all bottom units from its shoes with Clean Cloud, it will lower its expenditure on rate materials and forms a pivotal sustainable point in its cloud collection. So essentially, not only is it good for the environment, it's actually good for Onon's bottom line. Yep. Win-win. That's it. So I haven't heard of On On, but maybe someone else has also heard of it. But if you weren't, you know, what would we Google? Like, have, what have they been in the press for lately? So we've had the Australian Open, right, yep. recently. And what's really interesting is that the Swiss tennis legend, Roger Federer, is an On On shareholder. And he actually helps design sneakers for this company. I personally don't actually have any On On holding shoes, but I think that's going to be my next purchase <laughs> because mine are looking a little worse for wear. You'll be looking like the new Roger Federer. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Especially I want this cloud, this cloud collection. Yeah, just picturing you bouncing down the street on clouds. <laughs> In like my <laughs> carbon emission foam <laughs> sneakers. All right. So if you buy these shoes, let me know how they go. But what about the share price? That's the ultimate thing, right? What's that looking like? Okay. So the share price has come off a lot. 
Um, it's actually come off about 31% in this last month. So not only the last week, the last month, it's come, it's gone backwards yep. significantly. So like I said, it's around the 24, 26. I mean, we had a little bit of a, a good night last night in the US, but it's kind of around its IPO price of $24, which is pretty. Time to get in. That's it, right? I mean, we were looking at the share a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it was around the $38 mark, which did make it look kind of expensive compared to Nike as well as Under Armour, you know, because it was kind of around a re- an EV revenue ratio of 15.8, which is pretty high for a health non-tech based business. However, going back on my point, On On is kind of looking more like a tech business, right? With its cloud collection. So it's kind of teaming up with all these awesome tech companies. Um, but Nike and Under Armour are around four and a half. But they're, again, much more mature businesses and not growing at the same rate. Not to be negative, Nancy, but what's to stop someone like Nike turning around or even someone like Apple turning around just going, yeah, I'm going to buy this company out or develop really similar technology? Good question. What would stop Nike or Apple? To be completely honest, nothing. Yeah. Right? And it actually could be a good exit strategy for On On. I mean, an acquisition is never, it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? It's played out pretty well for Salesforce, right? Which was, and Slack. So that was, that turned out pretty well. And I think like if you're a pure ethical investor, Nike has had a lot of question marks on the way that they make their products, you know, um, sweat factories in China are examples of that. So on on is very different to that ecosystem. And other risks that they have had, which I think a lot of factories have, is the closing down of their South Vietnam Yeah, uh, because of warehouse. COVID. Because of COVID. You know, that would be another risk, potentially more warehouses getting shut down and them not actually being able to produce and keep up with demand. And so I may have missed it, but what's the price target on on on? Okay. So like we said, IPO price was $24. It's around the $24, $26, $27 mark, depending on the night. And UBS has a price target of $55 with a consensus price target of $50.25. So approximately 105% upside from current levels. So pretty exciting times. Yeah. Another um, double bagger. Another double bagger. Add that to the order pad. So before we sign off, please remember that although Felicity and I are financial advisors at Shoring Partners... Our discussion today does not constitute as financial or personal advice. And as always, you should seek the right professional financial advice before making your decisions. And feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels, which is at Talk Money To Me Podcast, or send us an email, which is displayed in our show notes below, as well as follow us on TikTok, because we are going to be doing more TikToks. And if you have any TikTok tips, let us know. See you next time. Bye. Talk Money to Me is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Talk Money to Me are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. 
For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equity Mates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Talk Money to Me acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.